Today, I entitled my message, Becoming a Living Stone. Becoming a Living Stone. And I want us to journey with our key scripture, our star scripture for today, which is Psalm 125, verse 1. Psalm 125, verse 1. Okay. If you can do us the honors. Psalms 125 verse 1. They yes, that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, but abided forever. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abided forever. Stay with me. This scripture says that if you trust in the monarch of Zion, if you trust in God from the standpoint of divinity, Bible says that you are as a rock. Let's break it down. It says, they that trust in the Lord shall be what? As Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abided forever. We know that Mount Zion means mountain of Zion. Okay. So anyone who puts their trust in the Lord becomes a symbolic image of a rock. So Bible is saying that if you perpetually trust in the Lord, your image from the realm of the spirit will be as of a rock, which cannot be moved. Now, the rock you become has few characteristics. Now, Bible says that they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion. Now, Mount Zion is a living rock. It is a rock that is living. How do I know it's living? Bible says that which cannot be removed, but abided forever. So that section, abided forever, means that Mount Zion has life. So the rock is what? Living. So the second characteristics of this rock is that this rock is also everlasting. That abided forever. When we say something is forever, it means that whenever there is an end, there's also something beyond it. Forever and ever. So ever, then you move to ever. So this rock is number one, living and everlasting. So according to Psalm 125, scripture is saying that if you put your trust in God, you are like a living rock which will live forever and ever. Now let's dive into some basic literature. My English literature, Guido Misi will tell you. Look closely to the words. Now, Psalm 125 is like a metaphor, or should I say it's like a simile? How do I know this? Bible says that they that trust in the Lord shall be as, as is a simile. If I haven't forgotten my English literature. So, scripture is metaphorically comparing us to a living rock. As Mount Zion, similarly, metaphor. It's a comparative phrase. 
it compels you to a rock. So when you perpetually put your trust in God, you become as a rock in the realms of the spirit from the standpoint of divinity. Am I making sense? So, it is needful to understand the pathway of trusting in God. Now, let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I'm building something. Stay with me. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Yeah. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Bible said in Ephesians, <laughs> Holy Spirit, help me. He said, be anxious for what? Nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Now, this scripture is a command. I said in Psalm 125 verse 1, that scripture is a metaphor, a simile. But when we go to Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, this scripture is a command. Now, God is telling us today that be anxious for what? Nothing. In other words, do not have anxiety attacks over your problems and predicaments. He said, be anxious for nothing. So God is demanding from you that you should never ever in your life be anxious. And I'll explain why. So for instance, let's say you're finding how to pay your tuition fees and you have a deadline to pay your tuition fees. Now you are very stressed and, and you are very, you're thinking so much, you know, you're wondering, beating your mind and all that. Now you get to a point where you begin to walk in anxiety. You know, some people think so much that, you know, they can even get a migraine. Stay with me. Now, when you begin to think and think and think of your issues and the predicaments surpassing your life, it will take you to a place of being anxious and God does never, and God never wants you to become anxious. Now the issue here is when you become anxious and stressed, you have what? Doubled your problem. Because the first problem you have is paying that tuition fee. That's a problem. But now another problem that you have opened yourself to is you have opened yourself to the spirit of anxiety. And whenever a man opens himself to the spirit of anxiety, he opens other doors for the enemy to penetrate through and certain things such as fear. Okay? So, you may think that, no, you may think that, you know, I have to pay my tuition. And then now you are stressed and anxious. I came to tell you that whenever you, you, you are in such a predicament, the issue is not the tuition. The issue is now the anxiety. 
Because due to lack of funds, you have overthought and overstressed yourself and now you are full of anxiety and worry and fear. Now, what will hurt you is not the lack of funds for your tuition. What hurts you is that you've opened the door to the spirit of anxiety. Listen to what I just said. I said what will hurt you is not the lack of tuition that you have to fulfill or pay. What will hurt you is that due to that predicament, you overthought and overstressed and now you have opened the door to the spirit of anxiety. Now the spirit of anxiety will eat out your soul. Have you ever sat down and thought so much that, you know, sometimes people can think so much that they, they can even get a migraine. What God is saying this morning to you is that be anxious for nothing. In 2021, I came to announce to you that be anxious for nothing. Do not give anxiety a room to have expression in your life. Despite the issues and storms in your life, for instance, marriage issue, house rent, tuition, whatever, irrespective of those things, do not let the spirit of anxiety toward lay hold of you because anxiety will eat up your soul. Anxiety is your problem. Now, the whole point of the devil, whenever he brings circumstances in your life, is to get you to the place of you being anxious. But God said, be anxious for what? Nothing. So on the path to be anxious for nothing, you must understand this, that when you are anxious, you are like a double-minded man. Bible says that a double-minded man cannot receive anything from God. When you come to the place of anxiety, you begin to worry. I said to somebody that worrying does not solve your issue. The time I used to worry and think, I would rather sleep and pray. I may have a problem. Don't get me wrong. Some will say, eh, but you know, if you, if you don't, if you don't care, it means you don't. No, 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 no. There's a place of caring for something, and there's a place for worrying for something. It's a thin line. I may care about something, but it's not my job to worry about it. Bible says that why do we worry of tomorrow? If God can feed the fowls of the air, why wouldn't, why wouldn't God feed his image and likeness? Many of you worry for nothing. So, God is saying, be anxious for nothing. He said, be careful for nothing. So the first thing you ought to do, and every single person on this line today has faced this and we are still facing this. There are times where you need money. There are times where you find how to pay your rent, your bills, tuition, whatever, and you begin to worry and stress. 
I came to tell you today that from now onwards, when you get to that point, please do not be anxious. Because when you become anxious, you make your problem worse. And I'll explain more. So the first thing you need to do is that you need to eradicate anxiety. He says, be anxious for what? Nothing. I wish many of us would have come here today and listened to this message. Be anxious for what? Nothing. And the second thing you need to do to solve, let's say you have a, you have a tuition problem, right? Now God is saying that the first thing you need to do is remove that anxiety, that panic fear out of your mind and your life. And the second thing you need to do is that you need to make a request. That is where prayer and priesthood comes in. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. So what anything that baffles you, anything that becomes an issue in your life, the first thing you need to do is that you eradicate anxiety and you make a petition. Many of us, when troubles face us, all we do is worry and think and go and talk to and go, go and to tell people about our problems. When you have a problem, what is your first point of needs? When you have a problem, Bible says that be anxious for nothing. Eradicate that panic fear. Eradicate that anxiety. Eradicate that worry. When you eradicate that worry, don't run to men and go and tell them, oh, I have this problem. My life is hard. School is hard. I can't pay my bills. No. Bible says that when you have an issue and a predicament, eradicate anxiety. And the next thing is that go to the place of prayer and make a, a, a request unto the monarch of Zion. So Bible is not disputing the fact that you won't have issues. Bible is saying that, yes, God is saying that, yes, I know you have issues, but irrespective of your issues, be careful, be anxious for nothing. Many of us worry ourselves for nothing. You may have bills to pay. You may have a marriage conundrum you may have a, a you know a relationship problem you may have a problem with your boyfriend or girlfriend whatever it is but god is in a, irrespective of that be careful be anxious for nothing don't let that situation eat you up don't let that situation lead into a place of depression many people bring depression upon themselves for nothing and your boyfriend left you and you are depressed for three months. Be anxious for nothing. You can't pay your rent and you are anxious. Let me, I, I told somebody, if, if you can't pay your rent, to be, to be honest, if you can't pay your rent, what, what, what's the worst that can happen to you? They will throw you out. Will you die? You won't die. So why do you worry yourself about things that cannot help or change your life? Be anxious for nothing. Stay with me. So the prescription to overcome problems and challenges in life lies in Psalm 125 and Philippians 4, 6. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion. And Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for what? Nothing. 
So God is saying that let go of worry and anxiety. I told somebody that I will never worry over any matter. Worrying does not solve the problem. Listen, sometimes eh, sit down and analyze certain things. When you worry, does it solve your problem? It doesn't solve your problem. So why worry? I have a problem. Why should I think about the problem? Does my thinking of the problem solve the problem? It doesn't. So why are you anxious about that problem? What you need to do is that when you have a predicament, you make a request unto God, priesthood, prayer. After you do that, Bible says what? First thing, cut off anxiety. Second thing, make a request to God. After you do that, what God does is this. Pay attention here. He's not going to, you know, you say, Oh God, now I'm, I, I believe you. I trust in you. Lord, help me with my tuition. Help me with my funds. Help me with my rent. Now, when that happens, don't think that God will just release the rent to you. No. Or the fi- finances to you. No. It doesn't work like that. I'll show you scripture. It doesn't work like that. That's not the protocol. The first thing God does when you have an issue or predicament and you have cut off anxiety and make a request to God, the first thing God does is he gives you peace. Let me make my claim on why I say he gives you peace. He doesn't solve your problem at hand. Ella, read again for us Philippians 4, 6-7. to Philippians 4, 6-7. Yes. Careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And the peace of God. Look at the progression of the scripture. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the next thing that says, that comes up is this, and the peace of God, which surpasses every understanding, shall keep your mind through Christ Jesus. So, when you cut off anxiety, and you make a request to God, the next thing scripture says that the peace of God will keep you. So you have a financial difficulty, a tuition problem. Now you cut off anxiety, you stop worrying, now you're going to pray. The next thing God does that he floods your heart and your mind with peace. He doesn't solve the problem. It's a pathway. What does he do? He gives you peace. That peace, it comes in you to make you know that, mm, listen, I have prayed. I know God, God has answered my prayer. It's just about time. And I will see the manifestation of my prayer. That is the peace that God gives you. Very simple, but yet profound. So when God gives you peace, now you become calm. Now, have you, is, oh, Jesus, help me. Have you realized that sometimes you have an issue? You are very anxious. Now you cut off the anxiety. You go and pray. 
And when you go and pray, you feel within yourself that, no, God has answered my prayer. This problem is about to be eradicated. Have you ever had that experience? That is what we call God flooding your heart and your mind with peace. Am I making sense this morning? So the problem is not necessarily the tuition. The greater problem at hand is the anxiety problem. Because whenever you become anxious, you cannot trust in the Lord. And when you can't trust in the Lord, like I started with Psalm 125, you cannot be as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. And when you are a man which is always moved through and fro, you are an unstable man. And that unstable man can never receive anything from the monarch of Zion. Mm. Have you seen a progression of the scripture where I passed through and I connected it? Mm. Be anxious for what? Nothing. Hebrews 11 says that he that coming to God must believe he is. Mm. In other words, when you have anxiousness in you, then you have disposed belief and faith. And when you come to God with lack of faith, God will not reward you or God will not give to you because what attracts God is faith. The greatest pleasure of God is you believe him. The greatest worry of God or the saddest moment in your, the saddest moment of God is when you disbelieve him. God finds it pleasurable when you believe him. So the protocol to engage God properly is on the wings of belief and faith. Without belief, you can't capture the attention of God because he that comes to God must believe that God is able to do. God is able to deliver. God is able to bless me. God is able to eradicate this predicament. God is able to heal me and set me free from the powers of darkness, whatever it might be. So all the attacks of the enemy is to deceive you to lose hope and faith in God. And whenever you lose hope and faith in God, you become as a man that is unstable and you'll be moved through and fro like a little speck of seed in the, in the midst of a great and mighty wind. They'll blow you left and right. Trust in the Lord. That is the way to stand in life. If you want to stand in life, I subscribe to you if, uh, uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 number 1 be anxious for nothing and number 2 let prayer become your lifestyle but sadly enough in this dispensation people don't like to pray when we call for prayer sessions you will see two people on but then you want your life to be good in working with God the first thing God does is that he changes you before he changes your situation. Mm. I said that by the grace of God and fraternizing in the prayer enterprise, when I began to pray and I keep on praying, what God does is that he doesn't change my predicament. He changes me. He does something in me. Mm. Bible says that whilst our outward man Whilst our inward man is perish, whilst our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed 
Bible says that Jesus went to the mountain top with Peter, James, and John, and he began to pray. And when he began to pray, Bible didn't say he got something. Bible says that, and his countenance changed. So the first point of prayer and priesthood is that it changes you. It happened like like yesterday, Prophet Sylvester said, when you deal with God, he leaves a scar upon you. It was Jacob that encountered God. When Jacob encountered God, God did not give Jacob blessing. God did not give Jacob a nation. What God, what, what God gave Jacob was a scar. He did something in Jacob before he did something for Jacob. So understand that in the prayer enterprise, you will come and pray. Sometimes you pray for three months. You will see anything. God is working something in you. God is working something in you. God is re-engineering something in you. And as you begin to work, Bible says that it is God that work it in us. He work it in us to will, to will, to will. So when you begin to indulge in the prayer enterprise, you are praying. You are not getting results. People say you are wasting your time. God is working. He's working something in you, and something is building forth. And when that thing builds forth, at some point, you become a mighty stream, and something will break forth out of you. And then it's the Bible says, oh, rivers of living waters out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. For, for rivers of living water to break forth from you, something must happen in you first. Mm. God changes you to the extent that your problems can no longer affect you mm. and influence you. Look at Psalm 125, verse 1. They that trust in the Lord, they shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed and abide it forever. Now let's do simple geography. In the coastal areas, there are certain types of rocks. When the when the waves and the and, and the water splashes on the rock, certain rocks never erode. Mm. That is the description God wants you to be. He wants you to be unmovable. He wants you to be unmovable. He wants you to be unmovable. So when the storms of life come, you will stand still. Bible says, having therefore to do, stand. Yes. So I wish a lot of people was on for this message. I wish. I wish. He makes you as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. Some of you are easily moved. Some of you are like sand particles. But God wants you to be a rock, Mount Zion. Can you, wear, can you remove Mount, uh, Mount Everest, the tallest rock? Can you remove that rock? You can't. Mm -hmm. That is the poster God wants you to be. When you become as Mount Zion, the devil can't do anything to you. Nothing. What can he do to Mount Everest? That thing is unmovable. That is the poster God wants you to sustain in your walk with him. That you become as Mount Zion. You become as a living and everlasting rock. Becoming a living rock. But many of us are quicksand. Small thing we shift and we cry and we wallow and we complain. He makes you out as Mount Zion. Any problem that can affect your mood, that can affect your temperament, 
it means you have not mastered it yet. It means you are still a weakling, a baby, and a sun particle. As Mount Zion. Now, understand that the battles of life entails that you must win on the inside before you win on the outside. The law of inside out in motorsport. Everything in motorsport is inside out. If you're a child of God and you let circumstances affect how you feel and your work with God, you are not as Mount Zion. Because Mount Zion or rocks near the coastal side, which are hard in characteristics, even a tsunami can, can, come, can come through, nothing will happen. The waves will hit the, the rocks, nothing will happen because it is unmovable. Ask yourself today, am I unmovable? If not, you have work to do. So I said that when God wants to give you victory, he gives you victory on the inside before he gives you victory on the outside. When you face with a predicament, God gives you peace before he solves your predicament. Never let anything destroy your peace and tranquility on the inside of you. Bible says, guard your heart. It means... Don't let anything enter you that would disturb you. If you trouble me inside, you are weakening me. That is how I pray. I don't let nothing get into my heart. Anything that will get into my heart, I block it. If I will beef with you and it will get into my heart, I don't enter into that beef. They that trust in the Lord, they shall be as Mount Zion. They shall be as Mount Zion. One day, 2018, I think I went for checkup, like med medicals, because for my college, you have to uh, do some medicals for the soccer team. And I went for medicals, and that time, I think I was really anxious. I, I just, I had some few financial difficulties here and there. I was really stressed and anxious. I was so stressed and anxious that when they took my blood pressure, it was so high. The nurse was like, this is impossible. You're a young man. You are very fit. I look at you. I see that you're very athletic. It was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm having some few pains. It was like, go off, cool down, and come back and come back and come and take the test. When I took the test again, it went back to normal as it should. Why? Because I was anxious for nothing. Listen, sometimes when you are anxious, it will lead to medical problems. It will, oh my God. Some of us, we are anxious for nothing. We just incur health problems upon us. When God says be anxious for nothing, it is spiritual and also physical. Stress can kill. You know, stress kills. Bible says that 
Don't stress yourself because spiritually, if you stress yourself, you can't trust in God and physically it can attack your health. Anxiety can raise your blood pressure. Many people have blood, high blood pressure, not because they are just, it was just like, you know, a, a sickness. No, it was because of stress and anxiety. Why will you stress and go and get sick? In the wisdom of God, he knows that. So he told you what? Be anxious for what? Nothing. Kill anxiety before it kills you. Then you make your request. After God, after that, God will give you peace. Then God will change you in order for your situation to change. So it's a, it's a, it's a pathway. Be anxious for nothing. You have to be like a rock. I think Leslie is here. In those days that we used to sit in A-levels or AS-level for geography, we learned so many different types of rocks. And I think, let me recall, hard rock and soft rock, granite and limestone. Sylvester is also here too. He can testify. In geography, there's something called igneous rock. Rocks such as granite. They are very difficult to erode. To erode a granite rock compared to a limestone is very, very difficult. Limestone erodes very easily. All kinds of wedging processing, mechanical abrasion and all that. It can erode the limestone. But when it comes to granite, it is next to impossible to erode a granite rock. If I've missed my geography, Sylvester and Leslie can help me out. So in life, you must be as a rock. You must be as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. But many of us, our lives is a testament of like the rock, such as a limestone. We fickle, we weather away very easily. When the storms of life bashes upon our coast and upon our shells, we just fall out. In life, you must be us, Mount Zion. Be like a granite rock, which is not easily eroded and taken away. Don't let external factors affect you. Anything that is not in sync with your destiny is a waste. Don't let it affect you. Be anxious for what? Nothing. If you get, you know, let's say for adventure, somebody cannot happen to pay his tuition for a semester. What will happen? Will you die? No. But you can, some people, some people stress themselves so much that they even get sick. I know one person wrote an exam and they didn't like the grade and went on a building and threw themselves and committed suicide. Be anxious for nothing. 
You see, we worry ourselves for nothing. Your boyfriend broke your heart. You are depressed. You are sad. Then you want to kill yourself. Be anxious for nothing. If you want to be great in life, don't let worry worry you. If you let anxiety encroach upon you, you will never amount to anything. You must, you must live carefree. This mind, it must be sound. Bible says it is with the mind that we serve the Lord. And for because if you want it to, if you want to make, if you want to make it in life, you must be connected to God at all frequency standpoint. And for you to have that, you must eradicate anxiety. Be anxious for nothing. Many of you worry and worry for nothing. You sit and think. You think, ah, then you are getting headache. Then you say, wow, God, I'm struggling. I'm struggling, I'm struggling. You have one problem. You've added another problem to your problem. Be anxious for nothing. But make your request known unto God. Many worry more than they pray. Instead to pray, you are thinking. Listen. Most problems, thinking doesn't solve it. You are there thinking, God, how will I get this? How will I get this strength? You think, ah, and then you get in migraine. How does that solve your problem? He said, be anxious for nothing. But make a request to God. When you sit down and worry, you make the devil look strong. Mm -hmm. And whenever you are anxious, you make the devil happy. Because the, the joy of the devil is that he always wants to see you sad and depressed and anxious. He wants to see you begging, anxious, crying, depressed, suppressed, oppressed. Be anxious for nothing. If you want to go far with God, you must let go of anxiety and worry. Sometimes you need a certain allocation of money. God is saying, be anxious for nothing. Sometimes you, you may need a certain level of help. God is saying, be anxious for nothing. Men of the spirit, don't worry. Men who are as Mount Zion, don't worry. Because what can possibly affect Mount Zion? What can possibly remove or erode Mount Everest? Nothing. It is unmovable, abiding forever. A spiritual stone which cannot be moved. We go to First Peter. They, it was Peter said, that said, we are lively stones. According to this spiritual house, how can I be moved? Be anxious for nothing. John chapter 1 verse 40 to 42. John chapter 1 verse 40 to 42. Uh, Five minutes, then I close. Then we pray. Uh, John chapter 1. 
verse 40 to 42. One of the two which had drawn speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Now, when, G, when Peter encountered Jesus and after the revelation he picked up from divinity that he said, thou art Christ, Christ gave him an ordination. Christ gave him his true identity. He said, Peter, Peter, now you are called Simon, but a day is coming, a time is coming very soon. You will not be a Simon, you will be a Cephas. And a Cephas means a stone. Stay with me. Now let's go to Psalm 125 and John 142. They that trust in God shall be what? As Mount Zion, a stone. Jesus said, Thou shalt therefore be converted into a stone, which is unmovable. So after Peter getting that revelation, Jesus told him that today you are Simon, but after today, I make you a Cephas, which means a stone. Now, the meaning of Simon means unstable, double-minded, flexible, you know, a weakling, something that is, you know, flexibility, elasticity, you know, you are this today, you are this tomorrow, you are this. God does, God cannot, God cannot work with anybody who's like that. Bible says that God can never bless a double-minded man. Why? Because today you want it, tomorrow you don't want it. No, it's not like that. Bible says let your yes be yes and your no be, to be no. But he said, you are unstable. But today, by the power I have, I pull you from the place of instability to stability. I turn you from Simon into Cephas. I turn you from a sun particle to a stone. I turn you from a sun castle to Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. Moving from Simon to Cephas is a process. Huh. God wants to reshape you from unstable you to an unmovable stone. God is not looking for sand. He is looking for a stone. God is not looking for a sand. He's looking for a stone which cannot be moved. If you're unstable, you will never get anything from God. 
In this dispensation, we are raising believers who are quicksand, not an unmovable stone. And even Jesus gave a parable of two people, one wise, one free. Bible says, and one built his house on quicksand, and the other built his house on the solid rock. Are you a son or are you a rock? Many of us are very unstable. We're like setting chemicals and acid, very unstable and reactive. Look at Mount Everest. Can you can you move Mount Everest? Can you break Mount Everest? No. It is unmovable. Go to Mount Everest right now. Try and go and kick it. Let it fall down. It won't fall. Because it is unmovable. It is solid. It is secure. That is the image that God wants you to take and lay hold in your work with him. You can't win against a rock. You can't win against a surface. Don't be a Simon. Sometimes God will let all your helpers, your mother, your father, abandon you so that you can trust in him. You must come to that point like the blind man that sat next to the poolside. He told the son of, the son of man, said, son of man, have mercy upon me because I have no man. That is a man who has put his trust in the Lord and he shall be asked Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. May you become a safer. Don't be a weakling. Be a mighty stone which cannot be moved. So many young people are Simons, weaklings, strolling about. And the storms and the circumstances of life are just blowing us left and right. Your life is not at a disadvantage. No matter how bad your life is, I came to tell you this is no story. As far as you can trust in the Lord, there is a possibility, there is a way out. Don't be a Simon. Be a safer. I have made a choice that I will trust in God and I'll be unmovable. I don't want to be a Simon. I want to be a Cephas. Somebody will say, oh, and, you know, all my helpers have left me, this and this. I'm struggling in life. Anybody that wants to live your life, buy them cake and give them a, a good send-off. Because if you trust the man, man will fail you. Bible says in the book of Exodus, even money will fail. But they that trust in the Lord, 
nothing in this world can move them because they are as Mount Zion. Many people think that the devil is in control. The devil is not in control. If the devil is in control, he should kill me in one hour. He, has the, he doesn't have that power. He doesn't have it. I can, I can calmly boast about it. He doesn't have that power. So why do we think that the devil is in control? He doesn't have that power. If the devil has that power, he would have killed you long ago. He doesn't have that power. Well, if the devil is like a roaring lion or media, I will rub it upon his face. Be anxious for what? Nothing. Why are you worried? Worried for nothing. Comparing ourselves for nothing. Doing so many things for nothing. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion. Matthew 16, 16 to 18, real quick. Then I close. Then we pray. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16 to 18. Matthew 16 to 18. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, for my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. You want God to change you. The first thing you need is an encounter. When Peter had an encounter of the revelation of Christ, it transformed him into Simon to save us. So encounters brings transformation. Verse 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Now the church is a building. Am I lying? And Jesus built with stones. And Peter was the first stone inducted into the church building. How do I know this? First Peter chapter 2, 4 to 5. Let's go there. Chapter 2, yeah, verse 45. To whom coming as unto a living stone is allowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. You also are lively stones. How did Peter come to this revelation? Matthew chapter 16, 16 to 18. When he encountered Christ by revelation, Christ gave him an ordination. He said, Peter, Peter, from today I change your name from Simon to Cephas, meaning a stone. 
and as I make you a stone, I will build my church upon you. The church is a building. The church is a building, and you build with stones. And he said, as I build with stones, you shall be as Mount Zion. That church we are building is unmovable, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And then Peter after so many years that Jesus had left the earth, he was writing the book of First Peter, and he said in First Peter chapter two, verse five, he said, "You also are live lively stones." He was able to say, "You and I are lively stones," because he was the first stone inducted into the church building. Stone. We went from. Psalm 125, Philippians 4, 6, Matthew, John, now we're in Peter, all stones. Become a living and a lively stone. You also are lively stones. So to be in the kingdom, you have to be a stone. Because the kingdom of God is a building. It's like a church. It's an institution. And that institution is built with stone. He said, Peter, Peter, upon you, I will build my church. Peter was a stone. So how is God going to build with Peter? He's going to build with Peter. And if God is building with Peter, then Peter has been symbolizing already as a stone. So as God is building, he's building with stones. And David said, be as a stone. I'm going to close with this. I don't go further. I want us to pray. The devil will only leave you when you are like a stone. When you are like Mount Zion. When I say Mount Zion, maybe your, your understanding will not be fruitful. When you ask Mount Everest, the devil will leave you. What can you do with what can you possibly do to Mount Everest? It's unmovable. It's unmovable. You cannot erode it. Be like a granite and an ignorant rock. That is not able or very hard to weather off. Many of you are like limestone. It is water that weathers you out. Something small, then you are out. Become a living stone. Let me end with this and let's pray. When Goliath was on the battlefield, what brought him down? A stone. I end this year. So we just lift our voice and just begin to pray in the spirit, begin to pray in the spirit, begin to pray in the spirit. Just begin to pray in the spirit. Ask the spirit of God to educate you right now.